Welcome to the Dr. Script Show, where we talk about your favorite movies, what was good and what was bad, and how we can improve on things. We don't just talk about the problems, we give solutions to the problems. Today, I am with my lovely, lovely co-host, Dr. Sam. Wow, and what today, honestly, is a special day because we both just received our doctorates in Grinchness. Oof. We have taken every course possible, simply in a short amount of time, and now we are officially Doctors of Scripts and Doctors of Grinch. Yes, we were headed by our good old Dr. Seuss. He was a great ah, guy. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you to the true OG doctor, Dr. Seuss, for, for granting us with this, with this degree. He was a great guy, that Dr. Seuss, <laughs> until he decided to uh, kick us in the caboose out of his house. Moral of the story is, we are so excited to present to you part three of our Grinch Tales. Yes, part three. What an epic trilogy we have done here. Honestly, guys, like, we do this for you. And I think it's been at least once over the last, like, three months that we have done a Grinchy tale because that's just the kind of people we are. Yeah, you know, we, uh, we just sympathize with the Grinch a little bit, you know? My heart also is three sizes too small, but it's more of a medical condition, really, than anything, <laughs> than any kindness that I lack. Oh, man. It is cool because we have seen basically every iteration of this character so far. Uh, Taylor, we've, we've, like, covered Grinch stuff, but I don't think I've ever asked, what's, like, your kind of history with the Grinch? I, like, as a character and as a part of your childhood? I mean, I've said this before, Dr. Seuss freaked me out as a kid. Like, I was not, like, comfortable reading his books or really watching his stuff, but I always would watch The Grinch for Christmas with my family and stuff, mm -hmm. and I think it's just because, like, this character who's so nasty and, like, drawn, he was, like, a scary character in the beginning, but at the end, he's, like, turns out really lovable and, like, you know, has, has these nice big blue eyes, and I, I always liked it. I always enjoyed everything of Grinchiness, and now I'm glad I've gotten to see the Grinch in all his many forms. Yes, I, I also sympathize with his big, beautiful blue eyes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I feel the same. I mean, actually, I have a fun little story with this, is that my uh, the only birthday party that I ever, like, quote-unquote, threw for myself, uh -huh. I didn't throw it for myself like my parents, like, forced me to have a birthday party. It's <laughs> a very antisocial child. It was this big deal. It was like my. It was like a year after this movie came out, and my parents like like rented out like a screen at like one of our local movie theaters. Oh wow! And like, was like okay, we're gonna play The Grinch for Sam's birthday because like it came out like a year basically to my birthday the year before. Okay. And invited everybody from the grade, like not even just people from my class, like teachers, the, the, janitors, the entire grade <laughs> got to go and like. Then they had like a lineup of like you know Grinch like swag bags. Oh and wow! There was a, a freaking magician that a was there. Grinch the magician. And I, and trust I, I appreciate everything that my parents do for me. They do. <laughs> they are such wonderful people, and I appreciate everything they have done in the past. But I said all of like ten words from the ages of zero to thirteen, <laughs> and I was not ready to do. I was not ready for that kind of attention. So the Grinch has a, a bittersweet place in my heart because it made me confront my fears and fall deeper into them. <laughs> wow. We're just getting your backstory more and more, that's, man. That's my tragic backstory, man. Uh, I hope True we, Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Really, though. But no, I, I hope that was a, a, a fun yet also dark anecdote. It was something. That was something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, well, now that, we, now that we've covered my, uh, my adolescence to as much as I'd like, uh, do you want to just dive into this? 
Um, well, quick thoughts. What do you think of this film? When I first saw it, I was young, and I was like, this is fun. This is bright colors and, like, funny jokes. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think much of it. And then I've seen it a few times over the years and kind of felt the same way. This most recent time, I was like, this is a little obnoxious. <laughs> uh, this is kind of a, this is a little too in my face. Uh, yeah, that's, that's my overall feeling about it. When I was a kid, I did not like this movie because, again, it freaked me out as a kid because those Whoville people, yeah. citizens, are creepy and scary, man. You mean the guys who won the uh, Academy Award that year for Best Makeup? I mean, they deserve it for The Grinch, but those other guys just <laughs> looked freaky as hell. This is the only film I remember like turning around and seeing someone fall asleep in it. Oh, wow. And he was snoring super loud. So, I don't get how you could fall asleep during it, though, because as, as, like, it's not boring. It's just crazy. Well, this guy was very overstressed. He had three other little kids <laughs> running around, and I think he just needed a little time to yeah. sleep. But after watching it again now, like, I enjoyed it. I think it's a little better than people will give it credit for, but it has nothing on the OG Grinch. Yeah, the... It's a story that doesn't need to be over an hour and a half. Yeah. It doesn't even need to really be over 45 minutes. So it's... We'll get we'll get into that. Yeah, you know, I, I we watched Grinch's Fright Night. <laughs> I think we've oh, seen the, the Grinch is, Grinch's worse. Grinch's Fright Night was 20 minutes too long. <laughs> okay, well, do you want to jump in and talk about this uh, film a let's, little more? Give a little summary and whatnot? Let's go for it. I want to jump in because it starts off the way that I want every movie to start off. With an Anthony Hopkins... In a narration, as a snowflake drifts on screen, he's talking about all the who's down in Whoville, and it just made it it made everything seem like it was going to be so wholesome and so like calm before the sixty seconds of that narration passes, and we get introduced to Whoville, and it's bustling with excitement. Everyone is like ready for Christmas. Christmas is like a couple days away, and everyone's super excited. They're all around shopping. And they're like, Christmas is all about the presents and getting people things and the excitement and the and all, all of that. And it's like, hmm, I wonder what the lesson at the end of this movie is going to be. <laughs> yes, and we're introduced to one of our, I would say, leads, sort of, uh, Cindy Lou with her father running around with Christmas. Yes. Again, they were so pumped, so excited, but Cindy Lou doesn't really understand why we're so excited for this. Yeah, like, she's like, doesn't it seem like Christmas should be about more than just the presents and the gifts? And her father... Named Lou Lou Who, actual name. Uh, it's like, what are you talking about? This is what it's all about. It's about the, you know, the excitement and the feeling. Cindy Lou's like, okay, that's what it is. It's a weird conversation to have just a couple days before Christmas. I'm sure she would have mentioned it some other time, but story reasons. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And we go up to this mountain where these, like, high schooler coos are running around. Yeah. And they're like, oh, <laughs> dude, you won't do this. Oh, it's, yeah, I will. It's almost like the beginning of a horror movie where it's just like, <laughs> oh, no, the teenagers are going out, going up to the mountain where the where the big monster lives. And they're like, we've heard the Grinch lives out here. Man, no no one's ever escaped from the Grinch when he, when he comes in and attacks you up in this mountain. And then she's like, I forget the guy's name. It's like, Greg, stop it. You know, how... how Kids would look at these high schoolers. Yeah, these high schooler kid who's man, they're just running around eating Tide Pods and. Well, they, this to was too people. early for Tide Pods. This was 18 years ago. <laughs> no, dude, these are who's. They're a little up to date on the trends. They knew like 18 years from oh, now. Damn, they, they were, Tide Pods weren't even invented then. <laughs> but also, one of them sounds a little bit like David Spade, and I thought it was David Spade for years. Uh huh. It's not David Spade. It's just some random, like, tall, lanky dude. But basically, discount David Spade and his brother 
are walking up the mountain with these girls, and then all of a sudden, this scary monster pops out from the front doors and starts screaming at them. And they all freak out, and they're like, ah, ah! And they run down the mountain, and it's all scary. And then we pan over, and it's just a nice little dog screaming into an air horn as this giant mask that looks scary is out front. We get to hear our main guy in this, the Grinch, talk about how he hates those kids and they need to stay off his damn lawn. I liked this. We had a little build-up to what the Grinch actually looks like, starting from the back, and then Jim Carrey turns and we see his face. And he looks really cool. Yes. He looks really cool. Well, and because we've talked about character introductions on the show before, and, like, Mm -hmm. he is a really solid one. Like, you think you're going to see the Grinch pop out and scare these kids, and it's not. Mm -hmm. But then you get to hear him talk, and you don't see his face. We also see him, like, chew into, like, this mushy apple, and it's just all gross. And then, like, you finally, like, get behind him. I think he eats, like, an onion. Was it an onion? Yeah. I remember. (laughs) I remember being so juicy, and I was like, this is, like, that's how I remember the Grinch, just, like, that chewing. Mm Mm-hmm. And then he turns around and you see his face and it's like, all right, this is the Grinch. This is exactly who this character is. He looks amazing. And I, when I was watching this, I was wondering, like, man, they should deserve some recognition for this makeup. And I'm glad to hear they actually did get an Oscar yes. for it. They, they were nominated for four and they won for makeup. Uh, they were, I think they were also nominated for production design, mm-hmm. for costumes, and possibly the score. I would understand the production design. I have that in my notes, too, that I thought that was really well done. And you do just get this, like, Dr. Seuss vibe, like, mm-hmm. this is what it would look like in a live-action setting. Yeah, because his lair is, like, super cool. Like, it's, you know, it's kind of compact because it's in this mountain, and it's, like, all... But it's, like, almost steampunky. Like, there's this, like, you know, technology, but it's all kind of, like, abandoned. And you get to see that his tube is actually connected to the trash system. So all the trash at the Who's dump just goes straight into his... Uh, into his life and he just like eats old banana peels and it's like that's that's the Grinch that's pretty awesome everything about him from makeup to where he lives definitely tells us a little about him but then we get a little bit of something different from the original story mm-hmm. in which after he gets confronted by those kids he's like you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna go down the mountain and I'm gonna scare the citizens of Whoville and that's what he does. He goes yeah. down and just trolls the crap out of everyone. Yeah, he just he's wearing like a Who mask, and he brings Max, his dog, with him. And he's just like messing with everybody until he gets to uh, the post office. Yes, and at the post office, I believe this is run by... This is run by Lulu Who, and Cindy is uh, helping him out as everyone's kind of putting their packages away to be like, ship these to these people and all this. And, she, and there's this great part where he, she's holding all these boxes... And then Lou just pulls the one box out from the middle, and the entire tower still just stays intact, but you can see her face. And then he just talks to her, he's like, Christmas is all about the presents, okay? Puts the box back. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, so the Grinch is back there, messing with some stuff, sending out uh, junk mail and uh, jury duty. <laughs> jury duty. No, he doesn't say junk mail, he says jury duty, jury duty, blackmail. Like, who sends blackmail just actually in the mail? <laughs> But that's beside the point. Cindy Lou comes in, and the Grinch and Max are hiding up on, like, the roof. Max sneezes. Cindy Lou looks up, sees that's the Grinch, and she screams and falls back into oh, yeah. the box. Uh, what yeah, is it's it? basically like the, like the box, like, the thing that puts the boxes together. So she would die if he left, if she fell in there. Well, he was about to leave, and then he's like, oh, that figured itself out, and he starts to walk away, and then Max just <laughs> bites his ass... And the Grinch is like, that's not a true, true, true toy. And they run around, just like, fine, I'll save her. So he saves her. And Cindy Lou's like, oh, my God, you're not that bad of a guy. And he's like, what? And then he decides to get a bunch of wrapping paper and just wrap her up. 
<laughs> which is just such like a like a, a like a middle school thing to do where like someone did something nice but they don't want to admit it. So it's like it's like it's like oh I helped you up off the ground. It's like thanks you really helped me. And then you just slap their like lunch tray <laughs> out of their hands. It's like don't tell anyone about this. <laughs> It's uh, but it's still great, and he's like, you know, he's wrapping her up, and it's a comedic moment because it's just like a bunch of paper, and he's like, "Hey, can you put your finger here while I tie the bow?" Sure. Yep. No. Hey, man. Jim Carrey's interpretation of the Grinch is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get back to that later, but he's not the worst. No, <laughs> compared to Fright, he's not the worst. <laughs> he's uh, definitely not the worst, but uh, yeah. So Grinch just goes back home, and Sora just like chills by himself in his awesome bachelor pad. And Sydney Lou like has a little song by herself, and she's like, "Hey, the Grinch Where isn't." Where are you? Sorry, you can say it. Go. Where are you, Christmas? Why can't I find you? <laughs> and I think that's when Ron Howard was like, "We're gonna get the Oscar for best song for this, right? <laughs> right, guys?" And then he's like, "Nope, that's uh, that's just a seven-year-old Taylor Momsen." Yep. You know, he could have gotten that best song in solo, but you know. <laughs> No, he couldn't have. There were no original songs. He should have just gone for something. At least what, something would be good about if, that movie. What if he saved Where Are You Christmas, didn't do it then, but put it in solo instead? Joey's just like... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, she does that, but then she's like, hey, what's the deal with the Grinch? And so then she just goes around town trying to figure out the Grinch's backstory. Mm-hmm. And she talks to everyone that ever had to deal with him. She's basically the people who like... And this is actually one of my favorite jokes, is that she goes to uh, the Grinch's, like, adoptive parents who, like, raised him in Whoville. And she uh, and she's like, where did, so where, how did, where did the Grinch come from? They're like, where all babies come from. They floated down from the sky in little baby carriages. And it's, like, a cute visual. And, it's, and you, honestly, you could assume that that's what happens. But then there's one doorstep where a baby lands, and the couple opens it. And he looks in, and he's like, the father's like, oh, And then he looks at her, and he looks back at the baby, he's like... This baby looks like your boss. <laughs> it's a joke about the wife having an affair with her boss. Yep. And I didn't get it until this time. I've watched this also as an adult, and I didn't get it until just today. Or not today, like two days ago. I don't forget when I watched it. Yeah, I I remember watching that as a kid and not really getting that. Okay. Yes. No, it was uh it was it was really great. So the Grinch, his little Carol, he doesn't get sent to a doorstep, he falls onto a like tree where a house party's going on. Do you know what they're playing in the background of this house party? No, I don't. They're playing Smash Mouth. Wait, really? I, yeah. How did I not notice this? I didn't notice it till I was rewatching just to write more notes, and I was like, "Oh my god, they're listening to Smash Mouth!" Like, is it a, a, a well-known song, or is it just some no? Random it's just Smash like Mouth? some random. It's I, I didn't know the song, and I'm a pretty big Smash Mouth fan. All right, cool. yeah. <laughs> you, you go to their concert, bro? I actually did as a kid. <laughs> it's okay. I went to a Nickelback concert, so who oh. can share in this? But actually. <laughs> Side tangent, I, uh, when I was in Vegas once, Smash Mouth was having a free outdoor concert, and we didn't go, and I'm oh, disappointed. Oh, man. Yeah, it's weird, because Dr. Seuss, in The Cat in the Hat, Smash Mouth also was, like, the soundtrack for that, the live-action really? Cat in the Hat. Yeah. I did not know that. I only remember that, because I was a big Smash Mouth fan. <laughs> I haven't been able to get through this, like, all of The Cat in the Hat in years. That's very understandable. Maybe, maybe we'll do it someday. Yeah. Yeah. So the Grinch lands at this house, 
and he gets stuck in the trees and is very sad, and then eventually these two ladies find him, and they're like, we'll raise him. Which I don't... Do they ever establish what these two ladies' relationship is? Because mm. they live together, and it'd be... It's kind of cool if it's just Dr. Ernst, Ron Howard just being like, they're lesbians, they live together, this is a kid's movie, we're going to deal with it. And I don't you think know, they ever yeah, they say really what don't. their relationship is, so... Cool. Kudos, kudos to you for being woke, this is Ron Howard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Good to see this film didn't get banned in, like, Russia or anything. Right? Because that's what happened is because they didn't establish the relationship. Yep. They're just two people living together. <laughs> Anyways, they take in the Grinch. They try and raise him as best they can. He eats a Santa plate instead of a Santa cookie. That's a joke, I guess. Or Cindy Lou goes to talk to the mayor of Whoville and tries to figure out kind of what he was like as a classmate because the two of them went to school together. And he... You know, she finds out that the Grinch was bullied a lot in school mm-hmm. and that, you know, he it was just part of the tradition because he looks different and he acts different. Ooh. Ooh. He has a crush on this one woman. Christine Baranski. Martha? <laughs> uh, Martha. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's ha- he has a crush on this one girl, Martha, who has been flirting with him a little bit and there's this big Christmas gathering or like Christmas gift exchange that's going on. Which is a little weird because they're like 8 to 10 and the teacher says specifically, remember this is the Christmas gift exchange so get a special gift for that special someone. That's not how I did things in like third grade. It was like get a present for everybody or get a present for nobody. Yeah. So the Grinch is planning on getting Martha this nice present and everything and younger Mayor comes by and is like, she won't ever date you. You're a freak who has hair on his face. And the only hair that he has is basically on his... Like, he has, like, sideburns, pretty much, well, he's right? he's got, like, a little bit, like, around his face. But it's very, like, thin, and you can't really see it. But as an eight-year-old, I would get why you would be self-conscious about this. Well, the reason why I bring up the sideburns is because in the movie, when the mayor is an adult, he has those sideburns, <laughs> too. That's actually funny. Yeah, I right? Think about that. Oh, I didn't notice that until I uh, rewatched it. So then... So then the Grinch uh, takes this advice to heart, and he, young Grinch, just, like, shaves his face, but does it really poorly. And he uh, comes into school, and he's got this, like, you know, his thing he worked really hard on. We get a little montage of him, like, welding and, like, really trying to craft, like, a, like a Christmas thing for Yeah, him. he makes an angel for on top of uh, Martha's Christmas present, or Christmas tree. And he bring, goes to class, and he's ready... Everyone's showing their gifts off, and then the teacher's like, does anyone else have anything? And the Grinch is like, I haven't done anything, and he's hiding under, like, behind all these clothes. And they're like, come on, Grinch, you gotta show yourself. And they have this build-up to where we finally see that when he shaved, he cut himself and everything. Mm -hmm. Well, they have a bunch of bits with it where he steps behind the clothes, and he's got a paper bag on his head. He takes it off, and he's got a book in front of his face. Takes the book away, his feet are in front of his face. And then finally... We see his face, and yeah, it's all cut up and, like, you know, been been mauled, and then everybody laughs at him because it's like, ha-ha, he had to shave, and he's did it poorly, and then they make fun of him, and then he... He goes a little Hulk, man. He goes the little man, little green man to a really strong little green man. He just, like, goes around and throws all these desks and presents around. He smashes his own angel up. Yeah, and he just breaks everything. He grabs the tree, basically, mm-hmm. and it's interesting seeing this tiny tiny person grab a giant Christmas tree. And he decides he's gonna go live in the mountains and then that's the last that they ever hear about him. Yes, they just hear rumors about who he is. But also 
the Grinch is wearing clothes in these scenes, and then for the rest of the movie, he's not. Mm-hmm. Is he just freeballing the whole time? Yes, I think he's just he's rejected all aspects of society, and so he's just been like, no clothes. I am going to be free and open. Okay. But yeah, so the basically Taylor Taylor Mom, sorry, Cindy Lou Who. <laughs> I don't, I don't know why I keep saying her actress's name, because Cindy Lou uh, is so much more iconic than Taylor Momsen. Yeah, so the interview uh, ends with Cindy Lou at uh, Grinch's crush's house, uh, Martha, and she's just like, oh, I never had a crush on the Grinch, and then Cindy Lou's like, I didn't didn't ask you that question, but thanks for sharing. That's an actual quote from the thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, just to, to support the idea that, she, yes, she did have a crush on him, even though he was different. Uh, but she has sort of been dating the mayor mm-hmm. as of recently because why not? We cut to the Grinch up at his his lair and he's like, I love being alone. Everything I do is great. I don't need these people. And he just yells into the abyss. He's like, hello, hello, hello. How are you? How are you? How are you? And he yells uh, something else that he's just like, you know, didn't he doesn't like the answer. Or like he's just tired of like hearing back and he just yells into the abyss. I'm an idiot. And then the abyss yells back, you're an idiot. It's <laughs> really funny. That's, that's, uh, that's a joke that I've loved since I was six, and it still made me laugh out loud at the age that I currently am. Me too. But yeah, so that, that, that was great. But yeah, that's basically what that's all for. And we go back down to the town in Whoville, and everybody's getting ready because it's the big like Christmas jamboree celebration is going to happen either later that day or the next day. And they're like, all right, we need a Christmas cheermeister. Who would like to nominate someone for town Christmas cheermeister? And Cindy Lou Who raises her hand and says, I nominate the Grinch. And apparently in this town, you only go with the first nomination. There's no voting system. It's just whoever speaks up first. So they're all like, we don't want the Grinch to be the cheermeister. And then Cindy Lou says some really nice stuff about how the cheermeister needs to be someone who really needs the spirit of Christmas that can bring the spirit to to the people, and then everyone, as much as they've had like 40 years of prejudice against him, <laughs> just like, okay, yeah, I guess we'll go for it. It's very Dr. Seuss, if you think about it. No, it's it's very Dr. I mean, I'm just thinking with the realistic skeptical mind where it's just like, how did nobody volunteer anybody else for this position and then vote on it? What are the rules in this town? This isn't a d- dem- democratic town. <laughs> this is just some guy who's like, also, if this town exists on a... This is a whole thing. <laughs> this town exists on a snowflake, and it's the only town that they know exists in the entire world. Like, it's, that's just their whole universe is Whoville. Why is it a mayor and not a president or an emperor or something else? A mayor suggests that there's, like, he's, like, kind of a leader, but there's still more ahead. Why is the mayor, like, the, the top? It's, just, it's a whole thing. I'm sorry. It's just a whole do- problem with Dr. Seuss's uh, uh, mythology. Yeah, man. He, needs, he really needs to work on that Dr. Seuss verse, you know? Mm-hmm. Really needs to flesh it out more because, you know, a, a whole civilization can't just be run by a mayor. Exactly. We, we should write a note to him right now and have him get on that. Oh, don't worry, we will. But moving away from that, yeah, everyone just kind of agrees and is like, fine, we'll make the Grinch the cheermaster, but he has to accept the invitation. And if he doesn't, We'll have, a, like, a re-election. It was an election at first, but that's okay. Yep. So Cindy Lou goes and delivers the message, and the Grinch tells her to F off, basically. <laughs> and then Max is like, so it gives his, like, hmm face, and then the Grinch is like, I'm not going to do it. And then he's like, Max is like, hmm. And he's like, I'm not going to do it. And Cindy Lou who's like, you'll get an award. And he's like, an award, you say? Ooh, I'd be interested in an award. <laughs> he 
drops her off into the garbage pit. Well, no, he drops her off in the garbage pit uh, after after that, and then he realizes he could uh, get to see Martha again, and that he could really like piss off the mayor. And he's like, "All right, we'll do it." And so he accepts and goes down, and he has to compete in all these challenges mm-hmm. to win most well, spirited. First, the he like you know he puts on. He puts on overalls that he stole from a yodeler. That's just a thing that I felt like sharing. Uh, and then he goes down. Well, he's about to get to town when the mayor's like, I guess he's not going to show up. Someone else want to nominate someone. And the mayor's right-hand man is like, I think the mayor is the best person to spread cheer. And at that exact moment, the Grinch pops out and is like, hi, I'm here. Who's ready to party? And then, yeah, to become cheer master, he has to compete in these challenges. Yep. And he competes. We have a montage. It's like a little of a Rocky mm-hmm. parody. And the Grinch ends up winning. Woo! Congrats wow, on the Grinch. Crazy. And everyone by this time is actually kind of warming up to the Grinch. And the Grinch is actually like, you know, like, okay, this is fun. Like, he's feeling a, a more part of, the, you know, still a little shaky. But everyone's like, yeah, the Grinch was fun. And now we're ready to have a good time. And right as everyone's like, all right, now it's time for the ceremonial gift to give the cheermeister. The mayor is in charge of giving the gift to the cheermeister. And what gift does the mayor bestow upon the Grinch? The razor or like electric shaver that he cut himself as a kid. And the mayor's just like, ha ha ha, it's a good one. And then as the Grinch is like stewing in his anger and getting more and more pissed, the mayor decides to propose to Martha. Perfect timing. Mm -hmm. And so combined with his rage of, of the insult of the gift, combined with the mayor proposing to Martha, and I don't think Martha ever gives an answer, but he's, you know, just assuming it's a no, mm-hmm. or it's a yes. Uh, the Grinch just goes insane, and similar to the way that he destroyed that classroom, he destroys the town. Yes. Everything. He well, would, kind of. Basically. I he, mean, he burns he, down the tree. He breathes fire upon this <laughs> tree, upon the main tree in town square, and just incinerates it, and then gets on, like, this little mini cart and just drives around town, like, plowing into people. Yep, the, he comes. There's a big explosion that happens. I I don't mean to be a downer, even though I told my downer story at the beginning. The Grinch is a terrorist. <laughs> he causes explosions and drives these vehicles and he, tries yeah, to. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto. He kicks honestly, people out. Yeah, he's like really. I, it's if this was America, that's a form of domestic terrorism. Oh shit. I, don't worry, Grinch. I won't turn you in. I would love to see a recruitment video with the Grinch. I would. I would honestly love to. I'd love to just see the version of the Grinch that ends right there with with like the U.S. like SWAT like army or like whatever just parachuting in and being like, we got him. We got number nine on our top ten most wanted list. Thank you for bringing him out, Cindy Lou Who. And Cindy Lou is actually just like an inside informant for. <laughs> the U.S. military. She's like the woman from Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah, and then she takes off her Taylor Momsen at Seven mask, and it's just Jessica Chastain. Yep. But that's not what happens. No. The Grinch just destroys the town and pieces out. And this is where he decides to conjure up the idea to go steal Christmas from the Who's. Well, he does that because he gets mad at Max, and then he throws Max into the snow. And then he's like, all right, Max, I'm sorry. And he put, picks him up, and Mac, Max has, like, this really fake snow beard on that kind of looks like a... They're trying to pay homage to the original, because mm-hmm. that's how, in the OG Grinch, that's how the Grinch gets the idea, is that he sees Max covered in, like, you know, enough white, like, white snow to be, like, a beard. And he's like, oh, I could pretend to be Santa Claus. But it's a real dog and real snow. There's... <laughs> 
whatever. He gets the idea to steal Christmas. So then we just launch into the song about how the Grinch is a mean one. Well, it, it, it starts kind of cool because, like, Jim Carrey's actually singing. Like, it's just the Grinch singing about how he is a mean one, Mr. Grinch. And he's singing to himself for a little bit, and then it goes over to a recorded track. And it's just him preparing, and he's, like, cutting out the Santa outfit and, like, preparing, like, this big sled. And so he stakes out the whole night, sees that Santa Claus shows up and leaves, which is very confusing. Cause he's... Is Santa Claus the size of a speck that fits on a snowflake, or does Santa Claus have, like shape-shifting powers. We gotta get Dr. Seuss to establish some rules for his universe, man. <laughs> we need more understanding. First the political system, then your fantastical elements. Get to it. Yeah, so the Grinch sees that Santa's gone, and he's like, it's my turn, and he goes down to the town, and he steals all the presents. Yep. Steals all the food for the feast. The thing that's important to know is that this is the main plot of the whole thing that everyone knows from the OG, and we're glossing over it, because the movie glosses over it, too, yeah. which is the whole basis for the thing is kind of what they're ignoring because we just spent over an hour spending time with the Grinch and Cindy Lou Who trying to get him to be the Christmas cheermeister when we kind of could just go straight to here. We'll get to that. You will get to that. And so as he's stealing all the presents and everything, he goes to the mayor's house, right? <laughs> yep. And so when he's here... He's stealing all the stuff. The mayor's talking in his sleep. And the mayor's like, oh, Martha, Martha, have you ever had made out with someone that's had his dentures removed twice? And then the Grinch is like, no, silly. Oh, he's like, pucker up. And so the Grinch grabs Max and has the mayor kiss Max's ass. And then Max is like, and his eyes like get as big as the Grinch's heart at the end. <laughs> Spoilers again <laughs> <to> the Grinch. <laughs> Max is traumatized basically after this. Well, I, want to go, I want to come back to that. Cool. But then we get to Sydney Lou's house where, where the Grinch has stolen everything. And she comes down and it's like, well, from the OG, is like, I need a glass of water and everything. And the Grinch does it. And so now Sydney Lou's going back up. The Grinch is about to leave. And Sydney Lou says, hey, Santa, don't forget about the Grinch. And then the Grinch is like, I won't, and goes up. In this version, does Sydney Lou recognize the Grinch, you think? Or is she just that dumb? I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't think she does. Okay. Because I don't, because the evidence later, because she's going to go to the mountaintop and realize that all the presents are gone and go see the Grinch, I feel like she didn't know it was him. But I would, I would, I would have to go back and, and think about it. We'll think we'll, about we'll that and come that, back yeah. to that. But yeah, so the Grinch leaves. I think that's the last of his mission. He yep. goes back to the back to his mountaintop, and Christmas morning is approaching, and he's like, I have all the presents. And everyone is just peeved now because they've woken up, their presents aren't there. Oh, the mayor is now in the front and center because he got his uh, bed removed and is now, like, in City Hall or, like, the city park, whatever. Mm-hmm. And everyone's mad and it's like, we need Christmas and stuff. And then Sydney, well, yes, well, right? it's because it's everyone then starts like th- saying it's Sydney Lou's fault because it's like, you're the one who brought the Grinch down. The Grinch is the one who took all of our stuff. Blah 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 blah. I think then then Sydney uh, Lou's father is like, it's not Sydney Lou's fault. It's it's your fault. It's everyone's fault for making Christmas this big deal, which is great for Sydney Lou's father. However, he's disappeared for the last hour, so I don't know where this character arc came from. <laughs> I 
forgot that this actually changes so quickly. The people of people of Whoville are stupid. They're so swayed by everything. I have them. I wrote down like, man, this town is easier to manipulate than the parents from South Park. Because it's like, literally... Well, because that's what happens is that now the Cindy Lou it gets the blame, but then her father steps up and is like, no, Mayor, we don't need this. We've always had Christmas spirit. We don't need presents or a tree or anything. We just need to hold hands and sing and everything's fine. And everyone's like, cool. They're like, yeah, we could totally do that. When it was coming from that little girl, we didn't believe you. But now that you're a big, strong man, we believe you. The Who's in Whoville are a little sexist, probably. A little bit. I mean, he he's the postmaster general. Yes, exactly. Of course. But yeah, so basically they start doing that. And then Cindy Lou is like wanting to go to the Grinch to tell him the good news. And be like, hey, we don't need presents to, to be good. Everything's fine. Uh, so she starts climbing the mountain. And then the Grinch is like, what's happening? They're, they're singing, but they don't have their woo buzzlers and their woo what's-its and the, the, a bunch of other stuff. And he's like, they, they, don't, they, can, they can't seize because they have their trees. And he's like, oh no, I'm speaking in rhymes. <laughs> Again, a pretty solid joke. And he decides that instead of like, and you know, he's upset about the whole thing. So he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to push all the presents off the mountain that way. No one can have them. It'll all be gone. But then he sees Cindy Lou has climbed to the top of the pile of presents. And he's like, Cindy Lou, get off those presents. And she's like, but Christmas is saved. I'm thinking to myself, Cindy Lou, get off of those presents. (laughs) And as like the the carriage is like about to fall off the mountain, the Grinch is holding on for dear life, pulling and holding and struggling. And he's hearing the singing and he's thinking about what, you know, Cindy Lou means to him and to, to the town. And in that moment... His heart grew three sizes that day. And he just gets super strength. I feel like, I feel like your heart growing three sizes is great. I don't think we should (laughs) allow people to take steroids and allow us to to vindicate them, to allow them to have this. Because that's the only way this could have happened is that his heart grew three sizes because he just roided up. That's in the deleted scenes, man. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, yeah, he pulls like single-handedly pulls the sleigh that's probably like thousands of pounds and saves Cindy Lou and is like, quickly, we need to get down the mountain to give everyone their presents. And he does that. Yep. They go down, give the presents to everyone. Martha then goes up and is like, sorry, Mayor, I'm into green stuff or something. Yes, right. something like that. It's like, you could be a little more green or something. Once you go green, yep. you don't go... I'll give you my spleen. Yikes. Moral of the story, he, bring, he brings the presents down, says, yeah, I did it, and I'm sorry. And then everyone's like, cool. And then I, the mayor loses Martha, and the Grinch and Martha have a nice big long kiss. Mm, they gross. go to the dinner area, and Grinch is cooking the roast beef. Cutting the roast beef. He's cutting the roast beef, and he's like, all right, who wants, who wants this piece of beef? All right, I like this piece of the beef. It's like, you know. Yeah, he's like, all right, who wants this piece of the meat? And someone's like me. He's like, too bad, I'm having it. (laughs) Which is, we can get into that. That's more of a character thing. But that's the Grinch. Yep. Hooray. That that is how the Grinch stole Christmas 2000. Yep. So uh, it's about the same as I was saying. I, you know, remembering some fun jokes and like, I think talking about the story is a lot better than actually watching it. Yeah. Because it's mostly like in the script that it's kind of fun. 
it's a lot of the stylistic choices really that it is the directing and the obnoxious like camera angles and like in everyone's face about everything because talking about it, it didn't seem that bad really no i mean we had fun talking about it it's exactly what i would expect from a ron howard grinch movie to mm-hmm. be completely honest because there is a lot of homages to the original with some of the angles and little like discomfortness of like how yeah. you feel because it's, it's supposed to be a little off-putting because it's like, you know, this weird, fantastical world and then things don't really come together until the end. But it's it's just weird that it's like so uh, almost scary. Like they kind of do these like experimental and like horror-esque angles for these seemingly normal things. Yeah. Oh, I agree. The sets have a lot of personality to them. Mm-hmm. And I like that a lot. The Grinch, like, I can't imagine what Jim Carrey felt like with all that makeup on. Dude, he, he said, like, it took him, because he, like, had to spend three hours getting in and out of the makeup every day. Ugh. And he did that for three months. And he said he just became the most zen person after that. He learned how to, like, meditate and just get into his zone. So, like, it, the Jim Carrey we know today might be because he had to spend so much time just sitting still. For three straight months. After the last shot of every day, I would just try and rip that makeup yeah. off. Like I, <laughs> There was one day where uh, where Jim Carrey wasn't on set, so Ron Howard put on the suit and the makeup, and he directed for an entire day as the Grinch. <laughs> really? Just, yeah, fun facts you learn on, on IMDb and Wikipedia. Oh my god. Uh, which I think, I think is fun. That sounds very Ron Howard-esque. He's yeah. a very whimsical guy. People talk about Spielberg's whimsy. I feel like Ron Howard, like... Is like eating ten lollipops all at once while like dumping like pixie sticks down your throat. Like that's how like sugary and sweet it feels when Ron Howard directs a thing. That's what I was feeling like when I was watching Solo, man. <sighs> we can't keep arguing about Solo. <laughs> Solo's dead and gone. Star Wars month is over. Yeah, we had a whole spooky month in between. Can't we be over this? <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So that's uh, that's that. Do we want to do we want to dive into a little little carving up carving up this roast beast? Yes, let's carve up the roast beef and talk about what we would change with the Grinch. So the movie's too long. I mean, it's just in and of itself that's based on a, like a thirty-page book and a twenty-page or a twenty-minute animated special. Yeah, that I have that down. Like, do you think simpler is better? Simpler is so much better because. The, pro- the main problem that I see is that there are these two stories going on, these warring stories. And I don't, I, it's unfair to compare something to the original, but it's basically ripping off itself. So I'm going to do it anyways. Okay. In the original story of the 1960s Grinch, the story is just that Christmas is a time of cheer and people enjoy giving each other gifts. And that's basically all the Whoville, Whoville is. It's this very place of natural kind of one-dimensional kindness and then the Grinch is just up on top and being like, mm, I hate everything. It's, and it, I mean, it's a, good, it's a good commentary on people, almost modern day, like people who just hate things because everybody loves them. Because mm-hmm. we don't get much of a, we don't get any backstory. And that's kind of what it's about. In this one, we get too much backstory. Because in the original, the Who's lose everything. And we don't have this big scene where pe- people have to be convinced to be happy. Mm-hmm. The Grinch steals everything. And then the Who's come out and they're like, oh, everything's gone. That's okay, we have each other, and they take hands. Whereas in this, the whole point of it is that the Who's are these selfish assholes that are so materialistic, uh-huh. and it takes a small child's wonder to try and convince them that, no, they didn't need these presents after all. But the, the, the Grinch doesn't, isn't really going to learn a lesson 
if all of them had to be convinced of that because that's not inherently what what it was about they it's like convincing you're convincing two groups of the same thing mm-hmm. and it seems weird that, that you have to do that because the the Grinch like learns this lesson on his own but it doesn't feel strong enough because it wasn't actually part of the Whoville town because the whole the point is that the Grinch is this angry guy that needs to learn how to love and like be cool with how how things are so I guess with that how do we because I agree, I like the who's just internally knowing, like, hey, we don't need all these materialistic things to be happy or anything. But we sort of established that the who's are dicks through, like, <laughs> the Grinch's past, you know? Like, how do we set that but up? But we then? don't need that. We don't, we don't, we don't need the, the Grinch's sad backstory. The point of the Grinch story is that if you're angry, you don't need to be. You need to. There's a way of looking at the world where it's less cynical and less this way. The point is that his heart just is small, and that we don't know why. A lot of times, we people have these tragic backstories, and we're not going to know them. I think that's kind of the beauty of the Grinch is that you don't is that you don't know his thing. He's just this bad guy. Well, so that's an interesting idea. Should we have the heart be a reason why he hates? Like, yes. feels this outcast way. And he's always, I'm trying to figure this out because it is really hard. If say a movie producer comes up to us and is like, we're making an hour and a half Grinch movie, figure it out. These are the things I would go to where I'm like, all right, the, we're going to give a character arc to the who's and we're going to get the backstory of the Grinch. Cause you can't make a whole hour and a half movie about the Grinch stealing stuff. I mean, I guess you can make it a heist film. <laughs> but- I mean, you could, but like, the way that I would I would consider doing it is that it's the Grinch and he has this disdain for the Who's because his heart is too small. Uh-huh. And, he, and he wants this feeling of like acceptance or this feeling of being part of things. And it's not because everybody hated him when he was in school. It's just because he has this incapacity, f- like like he was just he's born this way. I mean. The, the easiest example is, like, you know, the day, way we deal with, like, mental illness right now where it's not like, you know, sometimes people have tragic backstories. Sometimes people are just born with it. And I think that's, like, kind of the way that it should have gone is that he's born with this defect where he either can't be happy or he just doesn't love the, or he's, like, just inherently mean to people and he can't understand why. And then he has to, like, you know, go get some distance before he realizes, like, hey, I need to look down at these people and understand what's going on and, like, understand that they care about things. Because I think you could still have a certain story with Cindy Lou and the citizens of Whoville all at the same time and mm-hmm. keep some of that detail. Like, you could still have people going crazy shopping and doing all that, and uh, the Grinch steals all the presents, and Cindy Lou's, like, this whole time been trying to, you know, get the Grinch to come down and be part of things, and he's just so unable to do it. And he, he just sees them as these people who are, like, either always chipper all the time or are just nice out of, like, fakeness. Okay. And then when Cindy Lou sees that all the presents are gone, she thinks that everyone's going to freak out. Mm-hmm. She thinks that they're all going to be like, oh, no, like, we don't have our presents. Christmas is ruined and it's over. And then, like, maybe make the mayor a good guy. And the mayor comes out and is like, all right, guys, uh, the presents are gone and the, the tree is missing. But you know what? I think we could all just take a moment. We could all... Let's all go to my house. We'll have some nice tea, and we could sing songs and hold hands together. And then she's so surprised that it's like, wait, I thought you guys were 
would have been so mad that all the presents and everything are gone. They'd just be like, no, I mean, sure, it's it sucks that the presents are gone, but we don't need any of these things to like feel better. It's and the Christmas spirit isn't about these presents. It's about our our feelings on the inside. And then Cindy Lou realizes this and kind of like goes up to. She doesn't have. Well, she could go up to the Grinch. Mm-hmm. We'll see. But I think it's that thing that the Grinch sees that they have actually lost everything and they're still happy and they're still like, you know, trying to be these good people and that he, then that's, that's what makes, cause that's what makes his heart grow three sizes in the original is that he sees, he sees it and makes his discovery on his own. And I think that's kind of what it is, is that he needs that push where he sees them uh, just being completely selfless and happy on their own. So you want it more where the Grinch completely does not understand the meaning of Christmas, like to a fault where maybe he's like the kid at Christmas who gets the crappy gifts and he's just like, I hate Christmas. I just like don't understand. Like you never yeah. loved me. And then goes up more. Cause, yeah, because he doesn't under because he doesn't understand. He thinks that's just, you know, his lot in life and just how how the world works for him and doesn't realize that he could actually just change everything. If he, he put, either he put his mind to it or he just, you know, tried to be part of things. Like, showing that it's it's still hard to be part of things, but you can do it if you are actually there. I think that's kind of the, and I think that's the, that's the crux of what The Grinch is about. Uh-huh. Is that it's difficult to be happy and it's difficult to be positive, like, when all of these things are gone from your life. And you can learn the true meaning of Christmas this way. Because that's, that's the best way that I see doing it without making it contrived because that's in essence what the Grinch is about just Uh told in a very simplistic and rhymy kind of way and I think there's there's ways of uh ways of expanding that story at least somewhat the Grinch could still go to town and terrorize people and still do that but still not have to deal with people who who are just selfish assholes because you shouldn't really learn your lesson from a selfish asshole (laughs) Unless it's through us, unless it's through them failing that you learn that they're selfish assholes, whereas the entire town is awful, and then they learn their lesson and it's okay now. And it, it, I don't know, it doesn't sit right with me in that way. Well, because I I actually do enjoy the who's being assholes and everything. Like mm-hmm. I do think it's an interesting perspective of them, like having to learn this lesson as the Grinch goes on too. Mm-hmm. And the biggest things I think that I'm agreeing with that the backstory needs to be changed. Because in the film, he already hates Christmas, you know? Like, he's like, F Christmas as a little kid, and he just doesn't understand it and stuff. And it's mm-hmm. only till the girl incident happens where he has his whole, like, full-blown breakdown. Yeah. And he's a douche when he's, like, doing the montage of making the snow angel or, like, the uh, ornament angel. He's, like, destroying family values and, yeah. like, valuables, family valuables. And he's also destroying family values. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think if... The Grinch, before all this, is, like, totally gun-ho about Christmas. Oh, like he's, like, he's, he's ultimate Christmas guy. Like Yeah, he's, he's really into Christmas. And he understands what Christmas is all about. And say we have this scene where, like, he sees all the Whos are, like, just, like, oh, you got me this? I didn't want that. And I didn't want this. And then, like, say the Grinch just, like, is getting people presents. And they, like, don't like it because they're shitty. And he's just, like, but that's not. And then... It builds up to like them making fun of the Grinch's gift to Martha, and that's where he has his, like, "F the Who's, man! Like these guys suck," and that's where like he just breaks down because the backstory is not why the Grinch hates Christmas; it's why he hates Who's. Yeah, no, I think that's a good way of doing it and having it be both ways because mm-hmm. he would hate the Who's down in Whoville, 
And it's, he would hate Christmas because he tried so hard to be the Christmas guy and then everyone just shit on all of his stuff. Yeah. I think, yeah. I don't, I don't like him having a backstory, but if he does have one, I think that is a good, a good compromise. Well, I also just want to see him, like, sort of be, like, the Jerry from Parks and Rec. Like, the guy who's always doing well and stuff but just gets shit on and no one, like, really wants to hang out with him. Yeah, but... Uh, that's Not the to of, the extent of where Jerry is right now. that's the part of Parks and Rec I don't like. Yeah. No, same. Like, I always feel bad <laughs> for Jerry. But, like, to that same extent where, like, he doesn't have any friends or anything and there's no real reasons. It's just because, like, he's different. He's green. Yeah. And I sort of want to have Max there just as, like, his only friend and, like... So, wait, is Max just going to be 40, like, a 40-year-old dog? Sh- hey, man, it's Whoville. Anything's possible. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe he's a little puppy then and he grows up. Like, how, how old is the He's a 40-year-old dog. Because, I mean, we're going from, like, when the Grinch is, like, 7 to when he's Jim Carrey age which is 40s, and Jeffrey Tambor and Christine Baranski are in his class, and they're 40s to 50s around this time. Uh, so it's right, about a 40-year right. age gap. The dog is <laughs> just eating really well and understands. He's getting a lot of exercise trolling at other who's. You could even just have a throwaway line that the Grinch says where he's just like, boy, Max, I bet you love that human years and dog years are equal in this, u- in this world <laughs> up in Whoville. <laughs> Yeah, like oh man, I should start eating what you're eating—the yeah. dog food. <laughs> so I, I'll, I'll allow Max to be stay in the story. Yeah, if we add a line like that. Okay, okay, but I just want to see more like uh, friendship with them, and like it's their story. I mean, because the Grinch is a dick to Max, yeah. but like it's sort of like how you're an asshole to certain friends, but you're like, oh, you're my asshole. <laughs> yeah, as Dane Cook once said, there's always a Karen of the group. Yeah. Oh, so true. Frickin' Karen. Um, another thing. I wanted to sort of see when I'm talking about the mayor scene when he's in the house and he's making Max get his ass kissed. I want Martha to be in bed with him. And I also just want to have like sort of a tr- a, how, um, a Christmas tree in their room. Mm-hmm. And on top is the Grinch's little angel Ooh. thing. Ooh, that's rough. But he, didn't he destroy it in the flashback or does he not I destroy th- it? Well, because he like throws it down and it's like a little broken and she picks it up. Oh, that's almost like a setup, like they're waiting for it to be there. Yeah, right? I think it'd actually be funny if, because uh, I feel like if the Grinch saw the two of them in bed together, mm-hmm. he would do a lot more than just make the mayor, like, you know, eat out his dog's butthole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it might be funny if they're, like, in the same room, but she's, like, they have their own separate twin beds and the mm, Christmas tree yes. thing in the middle. Yes, 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 that's perfect. That's more of a, a small detail, but I, I, it, it works because then it, you know, He's just like, oh, they're together, but like, you know, they're not in the same bed together. It's mm-hmm. also PG and a Ron Howard movie, so we can't do too much there. Exactly. But, um, yeah, but um, in the tree in between them has the ornament, and I like that. No, that is perfect. We'll send it off to Universal right now. <laughs> For the remake. Yeah. That's happening soon. <laughs> Next week. So another thing, as we're talking about Martha, how do we involve her more? Because the only scenes they have with each other are the flashback where he's being a dick and then in the future where he pops out of the trash compactor or whatever and gets, like, motorboats her, basically. And there's another... He plants a kiss on her, too, when he started to do his little rioting terrorist act. Yeah. Um, I think that in addition to Cindy Lou visiting him, Martha should try to visit him. Okay. Or even, the, or even she does visit him every once in a while. Like, every few years she goes to see him. You know, not like not like all the time, but she's a, a frequent enough visitor that he's still like, oh, maybe she still loves me, and she's like, I still love him, but she can't always go there. What if she always writes to him? Is like, oh, to or to the Grinch and everything. <laughs> In a notebook style. I wrote you every day. Yeah, 
And then we find out the mayor has stopped it. Yes, no, maybe, maybe so. It depends on what kind of story we're going for, because I almost like the idea of her actually talking to him. Because mm-hmm. the fact that their relationship would still be alive 40 years later, like, there has to be some kind of interaction, because she, as much as, you know, you want her to leave the mayor and end up with the Grinch, you've got a 40-year history that they've never interacted together in there. Yeah. So I would like at least a couple, like, times. Like, once every, like, four or five years she goes. And I think one of the times she goes is like right before all this stuff happens. And that's kind of one of one of his last straws is seeing her and knowing that she's going to end up with the mayor. We do need it to be stronger because that could be a big vocal point in the whole film. Mm-hmm. Like, does he, when he's roaming around town in the beginning, does he like stop by her house and just see and then see <laughs> he's what, she's with the mayor and he's like... And it gives extra jury duty and blackmail uh, yeah. to the mayor. Maybe. I think that could be part of one of the one of the things that angers him and makes it difficult for him to like trust the who's and to do more things. Uh-huh. But I actually think that maybe during Cindy Lou's invitation for him to go down to you know be the cheermaster general, that's when uh, Martha comes up. He's like, well, you know, I'll be there and I'll be you know the the first ambassador to to Christmas or whatever, and you know she'll be right there beside him during the games, and that's when they spend more time together. And if if we are keeping the structure of this. I would want to elongate his time as Christmas cheermaster. Okay. Because I timed it. Mm-hmm. And the time from when he arrives in Whoville as, in his like overalls and he's like, here I am, to the time when he's done destroying the whole town is 12 minutes. Mm. We, have an enti- we have like a montage of like games and we're supposed to like think that him, he's feeling better and the townspeople feel better about him. And I feel like it would be better if there's maybe like, it's a whole day long festival. So we actually spend like a good, there's a long sequence, like maybe like 20 to 30 minutes of time of him being in town. He, you know, as cheermaster, he gets a special, you know, dinner date with the first ambassador of Mm. Christmas or whatever. They just, two of them just sit and talk about old times and something like that. Because I I do think that the fact that we're, we're at this point where the Grinch hates everybody and then he gets only 12 minutes where he's like, Everyone's great. It'd be so much such a better like you know, fall or sadness if he is like there for like a good day or two, and like really actually gets to know people and like thinks that he's got an got an in, and then of course the mayor gives him the shitty gift and proposes to Martha and you know and is like I'm gonna tear down <laughs> the Grinch Mountain. Well, he could be like, all right, the town has voted on a gift for the Grinch, and this is it. Oh yeah, the town and, votes. On, yeah, yeah, but it's really like you know the mayor's stuff in the ballot. Yeah, and because everyone laughs along with it, because everyone thinks it's a, a silly joke. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea, but I do, I really do want that sequence to be longer, because they, they, they need to, there needs to be more of a reason for the Grinch to feel good and then feel bad. So, talking about the Martha stuff, in 2020, like, on paper, I think it sounds good, but if we're watching the Grinch, like, try and hook up with a girl on screen, is that going to be weird? I don't think hook up with. I think if we, if we keep it that PG rating where it's just, like... Like, inherent love and, like... Like a Beauty and the Beast Yeah, kind of like that. We're like... Sorry to be graphic, but... Belle would not actually fuck the Beast. (laughs) Like, in his Beast form. She may may love him and they may, you know, get married. Even if he's still in Beast form and they'll still be together. She she would not be, like, making out hardcore with the Beast. She would, you know... Thank God he's a human now that she would do those things. But I, I, I think that if it's the Grinch, we don't have to... You, f- you find a way of not worrying about, like, you know, hey, what are we going to do later tonight? It's just, hey, this is a really nice dinner. 
Or like, would I be able to see you some other time besides Christmas? And then she's like, I don't know, maybe we can. I'm free for Easter. Yeah, exactly. That's actually funny. I like that. Yeah, something like that where you don't have to... It's. I don't think it's a creepy thing for interspecies mating when you keep it mostly to like the romantic aspect. Okay, cool. I Because when we were talking that out, I was like, yeah, I really like that. And then I was like, oh, on screen, people would probably get a little <laughs> mad. Like, I don't want to see the Grinch try and hook up with that girl. Like, but also, the Grinch has nothing. We've seen him naked. He yeah, he was walking around naked. Martha's going to be bummed when he finds out he's a Ken doll. <laughs> How did she not notice at this point? <laughs> he's been wearing clothes every time. She, True, he does with the overalls that uh, he stole from a yodeler. <laughs> that poor we man probably died of frostbite. Rip, literally. Okay. So another thing I sort of want to talk about is what if this movie was from the perspective of Cindy Lou? Oh, instead, like following her the whole way, and yeah. the first time we see the Grinch is like with her. Yeah, I think that'd be interesting. It would. It would be a different format mm-hmm. than what we've already described thus far. Because I think we do need to have scenes alone with the Grinch and kind of like do more things with him on his own if we want to keep this trajectory of like, you know, seeing his backstory and seeing him and Martha and trying to like do do more in that aspect. But I do, I like the idea of possibly starting off that way and like keeping it from Cindy Lou's perspective and the reveal isn't until she gets there to him or that he sneaks into the post office and like he's like, you know, just messing with the, the mail and stuff. Because, like, if we take out that scene with the high school students running around and the Grinch, like, eating that onion and turns around, like, we'll have Cindy Lou's perspective, then the high schoolers coming down being like, the Grinch attacked, and they're like, oh, the Grinch. And then we, like, sort of hear more about him, and then it's like, I'm sure we could shoot it in a different way where we don't see the Grinch in that corner or something, and it's like, wait, who's the guy throwing jury duty mail and blackmail? And we turn into the Grinch. Like. We could actually do the backstory stuff before the Grinch shows up at the post office. Because it could be that Cindy Lou has not heard of the Grinch yet. Okay. That the, because, you know, she, she's young and her brothers come running down and is like, we saw the Grinch. And she's like, who's the Grinch? And then, you know, that's when they're like, well, we don't ever need to talk about him. He's this grumpy old guy who lives up here on this mountain. She's like, well, that doesn't seem very nice. He should come down here. And they're like, don't worry about it. And then she's like, I'm going to worry about it. Then she goes to the people in town that know stuff about him. Like almost like an like an investigative journalist kind of thing. And it, we could almost, I mean, it would be weird to not have the Grinch in it for about 20 minutes. But we'd see flashbacks of him. Yeah. And like we never see his face until that yeah. 20 minutes is done. Because, yeah, because then we see him in the post office. And he's like, oh, jury duty, jury mm-hmm. duty, blackmail, uh, catalogs. <laughs> and then he finally shows up and then we see him. I think that could work. And that would also cut down on that earlier time mm-hmm. where we just kind of waste time watching the teenagers walk up the mountain. I think it's a good introduction to the Grinch in general. I know we complain about character introductions in general. I didn't think this one was bad. Just like a different take on it. Yeah, because I mean, because we complimented like the opening of it and like that whole thing, for the mo- especially the Grinch mm-hmm. introduction. But I do think it could be better because the stuff with the teenagers is kind of dragging and you really don't need the intro with the Grinch because... Everybody knows who he is. You kind of don't need that. You just need to see him, like, fucking with people's mail. Because he is a troll at yeah. the true heart. He is just, like, As ass. we learned from the Grinch versus the cat in the hat. Yes. He's just a troll. Now that you've brought that up. Oh, no. So we've watched all of our renditions of the cat in the hat. Or, sorry, of the Grinch. And we know that the Grinch has a mom. How do we feel about the Grinch having a mom in this version? No. No? <laughs> I mean, we're maybe, forced. The studio is like, we, the Grinch needs to have a mother. Sure, how, she's how she has a it? cameo role and is played by uh, 
Angelica Houston in like a moment in the flashback. Oh yeah, wait, that doesn't make any sense if he has a Grinch mother because right. these two women adopted him. Mm-hmm. No, I veto the mother now. <laughs> no Angelica Houston, I'm sorry I took a part away from you. <laughs> what if one of the moms that's raising him is like a Grinch figure and the other mom is like a normal and it's like, oh, this is so weird. You can't, a Grinch can't. No, date. because then he's learned his lesson already too, so soon. Ah, damn. Okay. If society's already accepted these gay Grinches, <laughs> <laughs> they can accept a Christmas hating Grinch. Actually, wouldn't that be funny though, actually, is if this town is super like PC and like and woke about like, oh, gay Grinches are fine, but you hate Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Get your yeah. liberal values out of, my, <laughs> out of my Whoville. Out of my snowflake. <laughs> Get out of your snowflake. <laughs> yeah, just a fun idea I was thinking about when we were talking. I was like, oh, wait, the Grinch has a mom, technically. I mean, in the canon of, if you put Cat in the Hat versus Grinch in canon, then yes, he does. But also, if the Cat in the Hat exists in Whoville, where the fuck is he during this whole story? The Cat in the Hat could save the entire town and be like, hey, stop it. <laughs> You're putting a real damper on everyone's day, you jerk. You jerk. Oh, no, what's it? You psychopath. <laughs> yeah, he calls him a, I forgot about the psychopath. Oh. I don't know. Is there anything else you want to fix? I want Sidney Lou to have a brother named Eukariah. It could Sunday. be a throwaway line or anything. Well, I can't. Thanks for joining us today on <laughs> the Dr. Skip Pot. No, uh, I mean, I don't. Sure. I just don't want to remember Grinch Night ever again. So anything that ties to it is bad. I just want to throw away joke just to know that Ron Howard did his research like we did. <laughs> I bet he didn't. I bet no one had watched The Grinch Night. Hey, it's won an Emmy, so. Did it? I thought, I thought it was a Grinch with Cat in the Hat. They both <sighs> won Emmys. I forgot, yeah. Damn it. Oh. Yeah. People are like super amped that Rick and Morty won an Emmy, but I'm like, hey. Cat, so the did. Grinch did it first. <laughs> oh, man. Anything else besides that Horrible suggestion. Because <laughs> I, I think it's mostly those broad strokes. Adjusting the character uh, backstory, giving Martha more to do, and especially making her more integral to the story so that it means more to the Grinch. Possibly delaying that Grinch intro so that Cindy Lou could be... The POV is Cindy Lou. She's not necessarily the main character, but she's the point of view. Yeah. I, I, still, I still like my version where it's like just bait, a very... Like a more... Uh, expanded version of the original, but takes place within the confines of that. Mm-hmm. But if we're keeping it in in line with what was already made and we're just script doctoring, I think those are good things. Okay. Yep. I uh, I liked this too. Overall, I, this was a very fun movie. I think this yeah. would be in my top tier of what we've reviewed so far. Honestly, yeah. It's not, it's not a great movie, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. had a good time and they've got some really good jokes. No, I understand why people watch this annually every Christmas and stuff. Like, there's some humor that's a little dated, but besides that, it's like, yeah, Jim Carrey's funny. This baby looks like your boss. Uh, stuff like that. Timeless, timeless yep. jokes. Oh, they had Smash Mouth at the uh, dinner party? Of Smash course. Mouth is timeless. It really is. You're all in all-stars for listening, I have to say. Ayo. Um, so yeah, I think we're done. If you guys want to get our newest content, make sure to like the Facebook page, follow us on Instagram, subcri- subscribe to the iTunes feed. We're on Twitter. Yeah, we are. And if you really, if you really feel good about us, please give us that five stars on iTunes. Those ratings are kind of what lets iTunes know that we're we're alive and kicking, and that we should we deserve to be on the charts. Uh, we know we know you're big fans. Uh, we do so, we do some great stuff, and uh, 
if if you give five stars, then I'll give you five dollars. Oh snap, crackle! You just have oh. to give me your address and your mother's maiden name and your <laughs> pin number for your bank account. Yeah, and your uh, social security number. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Unlike stealing your identity, the Grinch stole Christmas. Uh, give that a four out of ten. Uh, I like, like, thanks thanks for joining in, guys, uh, for part three of our Grinch spectacular. Yes, uh, we ended it with a bang right now. All right, thank you guys for listening. Take it easy, deuces. <laughs>